Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host, James, and as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So let's uh, jump right in. Uh, hopefully you guys have been having a pretty uh, good holiday. I know uh, Christmas has just passed, so you guys will be listening to this the day after Christmas, and I'm hoping that, you know, you uh, whether you spent it uh, with family or by yourself, you know, I just hope it was safe and uh, happy and all that other good stuff. And yeah, you know, it's just uh, how we want how we want everything to roll for everybody. Uh, but as as one of the uh, last episodes of 2020, which I'm pretty sure everybody's feeling like they, they kind of uh, want to get this year over with. Um, and I, I could not be any more excited about that. But, you know, as again, as the uh, officially last episode of this year, you know, I figured I wanted to encapsulate uh, what we've gone through in 2020 uh, in the area of, as you all know, uh, video games. So um, what's really funny is that we've actually had we've actually had a lot of a lot of good stuff come out in 2020 as bad as 2020 has been overall um there's been just a lot of things from you know the corner of entertainment and and gaming that has just been you know really stand out so what i wanted to do and and what i've actually done is <clears throat> i've compiled you know my list and basically i wanted to just put eyes on and see and, and comparably see if, you know, most of you who are listening uh, are thinking the same. So uh, and some of you may, you know, hear some of my my games in the list and say, oh, that's totally on point. You might hear the entire list and say he never mentioned this. Um, but, you know, everybody has their own uh, list, their own opinions. And, and like I said, I mean, I'd love to compare and contrast and you know, just see what we all come up with. So uh, what I have for everybody is my top 20 most recognized games uh, this year. So um, and when I say recognize, basically what I mean is when I look back on 2020, because sometimes you, you know, you could say, oh, I really enjoy this game. But, you know, more more often than not, you won't remember what year came out. Um, but there are some games where, you know, because of how impactful they may be to you as a gamer or your interest, you know, you'll remember exactly when it came out. You might not remember the day, but you'll certainly remember the year. So um, to me, these are these are 20 games that I know um, beyond a shadow of a doubt. If, if I ever have a conversation about them like later, I'm going to remember like I'll, I'll be like that. That for sure came out in 2020. I mean, I might second guess myself, but I mean, for the most part, I think I'd remember. So <clears throat> so here's here's the 20 that that I got on this list. So and and it's not it's not in any particular order. It's not like uh, one, you know, it's not it's not a best of list. It's just basically, you know, what again, what games am I going to remember uh, down the line when somebody says, you know, give me 10, 20 games that came out in 2020 then I, then this is what I would bring up. So the first game, um, and it's just because it's really a hot button issue right now and it's fresh on everybody's brain is uh, cyberpunk 2077. So we'll all remember where we were when this game came out. Um, because for the most part, uh, the majority of gamers figured that this game was a dumpster fire on arrival. Um, I don't agree with that sentiment. I actually am enjoying the game. Um, because I've been playing it on Google Stadia and that's <laughs> it's kind of uh, crazy because, um, you know, Cyberpunk actually brought a small resurgence to cloud gaming, the interest of cloud gaming based on the fact that it plays so well in Stadia. So kind of went hand in hand. Um, I know that a lot of people that are on base consoles were having the problems. I know they're patching up the stuff, but, you know, um, j just the fact that there's uh, such polar opinions about the game. Um, I don't think that this is one that's going to be forgotten. And, and, you know, the, the additional fact that this game took over eight years to complete, I mean, you know, when something takes that long, you, again, you, you definitely remember, um, you know, the day that you finally were able to, uh, find it as a, as a tangible thing, as something that you can hold and play and, 
you know, do do with what you will and form your opinions on. So uh, Cyberpunk 2077. And again, I look, I'm not, I'm not here to really review the game or talk too in depth about the game. But look, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. If you're on the fence and you're asking yourself, like, should I try it? I think you should. I'd be a little leery as far as the base console. So if you have like a base PS4, base Xbox, maybe, maybe you you know, want to consider doing it on cloud gaming or, or some other, uh, means if you, if you have it, but you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to sell the game so short to say that, you know, it's just bad overall, but yeah, it's something I remember in 2020. Um, number two, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which this game was, this game was also like, it, it took a minute for them to get this game out. And I remember, um, when it was first announced, I was super hyped about it. Um, but I think I was just more hyped over, over the artistic direction because I remember, um, you know, they had <clears throat> the, um, the protagonist kind of standing and you know, looking like a, looking like a half man, you know, half apparition or something. And, you know, it was just really, really cool. But then, you know, as I started reading into, um, a lot of the, uh, development, you know, information, you know, there was stuff that was leaking out about Sucker Punch. And I mean, I kind of I kind of thought it spelled the doom of, of uh, Ghost of Tsushima because I remember um, in the midst of that game developing um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, it came out. And I remember there was a story and I don't know how credible the story was or the source of the information or anything, but I remember that there was something about um, Ghost of Tsushima using assets from, uh, Sekiro in order to, you know, make the game. And then basically they had to go and, and wipe, um, all of that stuff out because, you know, it was, it was, I guess, I guess you'd say it was some form of plagiarism. Um, but I remember that I remember the sentiment that was expressed in the article was like, well, if they can't do this without the basis of another samurai game, <clears throat> then, you know, um, or let's not even call uh, Sekiro a, a samurai game. I mean, it has samurais in it, but um, I think I think it was I think it was the mechanics that were extremely similar and and they got called for it. Um, but, you know, they they uh, they released a game that, you know, ended up competing to be you know one of the one of the games one of the game of the years for 2020 so and I mean I know I haven't played it personally but I know a lot of people who think that the game is pretty all right so you know um, I I congratulate them for going back to the drawing board and putting out the right game and you know uh, getting it into the hands of people who have have held their interest high uh, for, for this product so you know that this is something I will definitely remember um, number three, and again, this is not in any particular order, um, but The Last of Us Part Two. Um, the Last of Us Part Two is actually pretty funny, uh, it considering me because, first off, I, I've never played The Last of Us One, so um, you know there, there's there's that to to start with, and 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 let me let me be uh, really fair. So I've experienced um, The Last of Us Part One. And spoilers for anybody who hasn't played. So if you haven't played the first one, um, you may want to skip ahead, maybe about uh, two minutes. Um, But um, yeah, so in the first game, as those who have played already understand, um, Joel's daughter dies. And I remember I did the mission up to that point where he was grieving about his daughter um, dying in his arms and the weight of that scene as a game, I couldn't handle it. And I literally, uh, stopped the game, took it out and I never played it again. And it was just because it was such a heavy game. And, you know, personally I've experienced loss and, you know, we all kind of grieve in our own ways. And I think that it just brought up a lot of a lot of emotions for me so I wasn't really ready to tackle that at the moment but um you know I know when the sequel came out this is something that was highly anticipated and you know 
Naughty Dog really just does great work. Um, you know, I, I'm always partial to their Uncharted series, but, you know, The Last of Us has really taken off and really become, um, you know, a life of its own, you know, to the point where I believe they're either going to be producing a show or a movie. Um, I think it'll be better the show, but, you know, it's just me. But yeah, like, um, you know, this game came out and there was no way to deny that, you know, this game was going to be regarded you know one of the biggest releases of 2020 period like there was just no way that that was gonna skip out of somebody's mind and you know again this, you know if you think 5 10 15 years from now what games came out in 2020 this is probably going to be the first game that most people would bring up was it a good game i can't really say i mean i've i've played a bit of it um but again i, I think for me the style of the game just wasn't my type of play. So I didn't finish it, but you know, for, but what I took in, it was, it was, it was good. You know, it was good. It was very well grounded. Um, you know, there were some things that happened in, you know, uh, plot wise that, you know, again, kind of got me, uh, on the edge of my seat and maybe it's just, I can't handle, you know, emotional games. I, I think that's just, I think that's just something with me. Like I'm not, I'm not really big into, um, you know, the, the games that try to, um, or that are driven, uh, by emotion and steered by emotion, you know, um, when emotional things happen in games, I can handle that. But, you know, if, uh, if the entire game is steered by emotion, it's really tough to get through. Um, you know, I felt the same way about, um, the walking dead season one, um, from telltale, you know, like that was just a very, uh, difficult game to play because, you know, your choices and the consequences and stuff. And I, I remember things happening in that game based on choices I made. And yeah, it was, it was really weighty. And, and I think the same thing about, uh, the last of us. So I don't know, but uh, you know, it, to each his own, I think that, you know, the interest really just lies with the player. And, you know, if you're somebody who really enjoys a weight to your games some, and you want to, you know, play something that is more on, you know, in, in a realistic tone, that's going to be the one, the last of us part two. Um, the next game, uh, one that I held in heavy anticipation, uh, is final fantasy seven remake. So yeah. Um, you know, we can, we can go back and, you know, think about the E3 and I still get goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, you know, because it was, you know, the one the one thing that I like about E3 and what I miss about E3, um, which they, they can still do it on YouTube and stuff. It just doesn't feel the same because I think I think one of the parts that makes it feel special is when you resonate with the reaction of the hundreds of people in attendance. And, um, you know, I still remember that trailer and, you know, they were showing what obviously was Midgar and nobody could figure it out. But then they they walked down that alley and then that, you know, then the famous uh, starting jingle of, of the uh, Final Fantasy theme uh, started. And then they showed uh, Cloud's buster sword on his back after Barrett had walked by with that that gun hand. And I mean, the whole stadium erupted and it was just it was crazy. And that's how I felt at home watching, you know, what 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 the, the you know, the reaction was at the event. And, you know, years later, they, they finally released it. And I mean, I'm going to say it was it was everything I expected and more, um, you know, like I, I, I played it and I beat it within the week because, you know, when, when it comes to a franchise like that, that I'm super heavily invested in, you know, nine times out of ten, I will not jump off of it. Um, no matter what. And I didn't. And, um, you know, I was pleasantly surprised with what I was given. Now, with that being said, I think it was I think it was a bit weird that they decided to go with the uh, the whole episodic um, approach, which and, and I and I don't even and not not just the fact that they plan to do the episodic approach, but the part that really rubbed me the wrong way was that you're going to go episodic and I'm going to have to pay $60 every time 
you release an episode and you're not letting me know how many episodes there are. So I can't even really equate the amount of money that I'm going to have to spend on, you know, a game that's being remade for today. And so, you know, I'm and I'm still kind of battling that, you know, like they haven't announced um, the second part, because if you, you know, if you uh, if you've played uh, the remake, then you know that, you know, the story ends with the escape from Midgar and then it's going to pick back up, you know, to the open world as you know, and I say that loosely because I don't know how they're going to treat it. Like, I don't know if they're going to treat it with a proper open world like it was in <clears throat> the original three disc set. Um, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm eager to find out, you know, I'm eager to see uh, the other characters and, and stuff. What I hope, what I really truly hope, and I, and I know this hope is probably going to fall, you know, on deaf ears um, because I think, you know, in hindsight, it, it would be next to impossible, but I, I, I just, I just want one more disc and I want it to be, I just want it to be done, you know, but I think the reality of the situation is that we'll probably get about three to five episodes. That's what I'm believing. It, it's going to be about three to five episodes. And again, I think, I think, I don't know how they plan to do it because one of the biggest parts with the open world was grinding for me. And that was one thing I felt like I couldn't do in this remake. Like I felt like it was too hard to grind. I felt like all of the um, battles were were uh, staged. So it was really hard to just kind of like, you know, circle the same area and just let a random attack happen. Like you, you couldn't do that because you saw all your enemies and they, they weren't just going to reappear in front of you. So, I mean, I don't know how they, I don't know how they plan on handling it um, in the future. Hopefully they find a way, but I know either way it's going to be good. But yeah, Final Fantasy seven remake was amazing. And wow, uh, that that final boss fight, hands down, one of the best that I've ever uh, taken part in. So yeah, if you haven't played it, play it. Really good stuff. Um, now, my next two games are going to be really interesting because I'll tell you right now, I haven't played them and I really don't have an interest to, but that doesn't negate the fact that these games are extremely popular to the gaming community. People love these games. And the first is Fall Guys. So Fall Guys came out of absolutely nowhere. Like I couldn't even tell you where Fall Guys came from, but I knew that there were a lot of people playing it because it was the only thing that was in my timeline for the longest time and you know people and you know people uh posting their their twitch and and you know everybody was playing this game this fall guys game and you know it, it seems pretty simple in concept but every time i look at it i say i don't get it i just don't get it um and i don't think that it would do any justice for somebody to try to explain it to me because i think i think i'm gonna pretend that i know and just not know i'm just not gonna know um and the next the other game is uh among us as you may have guessed um among us seems to be the more uh surging of the two i think it's really uh taken off beyond what fall guys was because i, I don't want to say that fall guys was a flash in the pan but you know it was uh, to me it was an unexpected hit um, and then I think that in some way, the simplistic nature of Among Us just really kind of ramped up and, you know, uh, gave gamers more with less. And it's really funny because like between PC and mobile and now the Nintendo Switch, um, everybody is in love with that game. And, you know, if, if you're asking yourself, well, what is the game? Look, I don't know what it is either. I th it seems like something that's like uh, playing Clue in space, I guess, because I guess there's like there's an imposter and everybody who you're playing because it's a multiplayer game. And I guess you got to find out who's, you know, the imposter. And I think that at some point, you know, the imposter has the ability to 
kill other people. I don't know. I've never played it. I don't want to play it. But, you know, again, it's an impactful game. It's something I'm going to remember. And I'm going to remember how popular and how much it took uh, the gaming community by storm. So uh, congratulations to those games, because it's always cool to see, um, you know, smaller games get a vast amount of recognition that usually is reserved for triple a titles um but it was really cool to kind of see those games uh come up and and make something of themselves so kudos um my next uh game that i'm going to mention as far as the top 20 my top 20 most recognizable games of 2020 um this one is again a game that i'm not too familiar with but i understood the hype and that's hyrule warriors age of calamity now, this this is this is going to be really funny. So, um, so I, I I know I know by concept what this game is, right? It's basically Dynasty Warriors with uh, with you know the Legend of Zelda characters, and I think what confused me the most was that they had already they had already made a game uh, with this concept. They had already made one, so I was like they're making a sequel like do they re- do, do people really want another game uh, you know like because because when you think about dynasty warriors i mean yeah I, I enjoy dynasty warriors i'm not gonna lie but you know like when you really think about it all dynasty warriors is is just walking from one end of the map to the other while mowing down hundreds and thousands of you know enemy soldiers who cannot keep up with you know how talented you are as a warrior and, um, you know, it, and I just said like, okay, they've, they've, they've already done this with Zelda. So that, so that's where I was lost. I was lost because I felt like what's, what's compelling them to take a second stab at this. But look, I played the demo and I got to say, even though I wasn't as hyped, it was very interesting. And I definitely saw what what excited fans about it and what I thought was really cool. And and maybe this was the point of, you know, the game, you know, in its existence was that it, it really felt like an extension of breath of the wild. Like it legit felt like it was a, like a, I don't know, like a DLC uh, addition to the actual game. Like everything just felt like breath of the wild. So that was really, really cool. So, Um, again, I like games like that, but I think like, like to me, what I, what I told myself when it came out was, well, if I got a choice in, in, you know, the, this type of game, I'd much rather just play another dynasty warriors. Like I, you know, I'm not too keen, like, cause at the end of the day, I'm not even really a big legend of Zelda fan. So, you know, I, 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 that, that's part of the reason why I wouldn't put myself through the to the rigors of, of playing this game but again like if if i wanted to play you know a, a mow down game I, i'd much rather do it the original way they've done it but you know like i said i i can understand why people enjoyed it um another game that came out that uh super popular and might you know might be one of those oh my goodness i forgot that it came out um was super mario 3d all-stars so Super Mario 3D All-Stars was basically um, the often asked for collection of many of the um, 3D offerings uh, of uh, Super Mario. So you have Mario 64, Mario Sunshine and uh, Super Mario Galaxy. And, <clears throat> you know, pe- people have been asking for this collection forever and nobody ever thought that Nintendo would do it because, you know, for the most part, Nintendo likes to, you know, charge an arm and a leg for all of their games. So, you know, most people were like, oh, there's no way they're going to take these, these three, you know, major classics in the Mario franchise and put them in one box. And they totally did. Um, they totally did. And, and, and seeing as how this is the uh, I believe this is the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. So there's a lot to be celebrated this year, and that was a part of how they did it. They released that uh, that box set, um, or the or the that um, compilation 
of games. And yeah, people were super excited and, you know, people were able to go back through the original games. Now, I, I it's it's hard to say how well I would do trying to play a Nintendo 64 game today. So like <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. And I never played Sunshine or uh, Galaxy. So, yeah, I know I'm missing out. I know, um, you know, like I, I haven't lived because I haven't played those games. But, you know, for those people who have and they enjoy it, I'm glad you got what you wanted. I'm glad it's out. I'm glad we can stop uh, stop talking about it. So now we can go on to the next thing that Nintendo should make. But uh, yeah, um, my next game. Now, this one, this game, man, I'm telling you, this game right here that I'm going to mention came out of absolute nowhere. It, it's almost on the same level as Fall Guys and Among Us. It was just one of those games that I kept hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about how awesome it was. But what what really resonated with me was the fact that it it kind of sort of was the type of games that I play. And when I found out that, you know, um, so here, here's the thing. If you now, first off, I don't really know how to describe a roguelike. OK, so like I don't know what a roguelike really is. But one thing that I always knew was that I kind of sort of despised roguelikes because, you know, you die in a roguelike and then all of a sudden you lose everything. But what's cool about uh, the game that I'm going to mention is that you can lose the builds, but you don't lose your progress and the death that you suffer is a part of the narrative. So it makes it a little bit more driven because death means something. And the game is Hades or Hades. I don't know how you want to pronounce it, but uh, yeah, Hades. And holy crap, like, like if this is probably one of my top five games of 2020, like this is, I, I honestly, I think it is the game of the year only behind animal crossing like that's my opinion that that's kind of what i feel but bottom line is is that this game is just as good as anybody could describe it to you and then some it is such a great game and the story behind it is super good it's it's the it's the one it's the one challenging game that I never at any point, and this is how you know a game's good, when a game can be completely hard and very challenging, but it doesn't leave you frustrated, it leaves you want, wanting to try again and again and again and again and again. Like that's all I kept telling myself. I was just like, dude, okay, so I, so, you know, I got beat up here. Maybe it's because I didn't have this or maybe I should try to get this. I need to try to start with this because then I can get to this point. I need to try to make sure I can get up to here with this because I want to be able to do that. And man, it's like you 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 just your mind starts working out all this different stuff. And it's like you really you really actually have to get you. You, you have to play it to understand it. Like that's the bottom line. You have to play it to understand it. It is absolutely one of the best games that I, that I have played this year and, and that I'll continue to play moving forward. So, yeah, um, my next game that I'm going to mention in my uh, <clears throat> top 20, uh, you know, my top 20 most recognized games of 2020. Um, this is a game that, you know, even though it wasn't necessarily well, I don't want to say it wasn't asked for, but. I don't really think people had it on their radar, but when it came up, it was it was cooler than people expected. And that's uh, Streets of Rage 4. So um, if you're a uh, Sega kid like I was, you know, I grew up with I, I mean, I grew up with around all the systems. <clears throat> but, you know, Sega was the one of choice. And one of my all time favorite games is Streets of Rage 2. And, you know, I've always had a massive appreciation for the beat em up genre and especially the offering that Streets of Rage in itself has brought to 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 the genre. And, you know, like I always told myself, like, man, they should totally make, uh, you know, another game. And, you know, I used to always see um, on YouTube a lot of people doing their um, 
their fan versions and, and whatnot. You know, people would be working, making uh, sprites and, you know, doing these things that just looked really awesome, but nothing could have compared to what they officially developed and released as, as a game. And I got to say, man, like it, 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 it hit really good. And I think, I think the, the cool thing about Streets of Rage 4 is they put, they put all of the, they put all of the necessary things inside while also giving you a lot of things that you may not have expected. Like it was really cool to see first off the original cast of uh, protagonists in the game in uh, Axel Blaze and Adam. And uh, then you got uh, his daughter, uh, Adam's daughter, Cherry, which she's a cool character. But what was really, really cool was that you can earn your way to play as um, as other characters from the history of Streets of Rage. So you can play as, you know, Streets of Rage one version of Alex or, you know, Streets of Rage two version or three. You can play as Max. You can from Streets of Rage two. Um you know, you can play as just any Shiva. You can play as Shiva. Um, you can just play as, as so many different characters and they and, and none of them are are bad characters, <laughs> so to speak. Like you, you can I mean, they all have a, a great benefit to going through the game. There's tons of different um, playing options like I've I've been trying to go through the game on maniac mode, which is like throwing you all kinds of enemies and you know their their power to hit you is a little greater and man it's it's such a wild game it is kind of unfortunate though because i know because i grabbed my version on uh on switch and i think the switch crowd has died down um i don't know if it's the same for other systems but you know the game does deserve to have you know um a, a more substantial uh online following and I do hope that people continue to play until, you know, until the end of time, I guess, because it, it's a it's a really good game. What they do need to do, and I've already said this before on a, on a show, they need to focus on getting some DLC out because there's a lot there's a lot of different characters that they have in the game that, you know, totally should be uh, DLC worthy. So um, I don't know if that's their plan, but it should definitely be a move that they make. Um my other uh, game that I'm going to bring up uh, is one that, you know, I've, I've made this statement on, on a episode where I basically said this game saved us from it literally saved us from the pandemic. And it's uh, one of my favorite games, Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons. So, you know, it's 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 Animal Crossing on the Switch. And that's pretty much what we were already anticipating. We wanted, But again, I think what really elevated the you know, the stance of the game was the time period in which it came out because most of us were in the midst of our lockdowns and, you know, with the lockdowns, you know, in full effect and people being really uncertain about what was happening at the time, which we eventually found out was COVID-19. Um, you know, people wanted to find a way to kind of get away from what was becoming the new norm. And I, I, I stand by it, dude. Uh, Animal Crossing is just one of those factors as a gamer that really allowed me personally to get away from what was, you know, the more weighty realization that life just is crazy, you know, especially in 2020. Um, and overall, I mean, it's a fun game. It's a super fun game. I'm not really, I, you know, I've never really been the kind of person to, um, you know, connect my games online and play with people but this is one of those games that kind of reinforces community and it gives you value in you know visiting people and having people visit you it's just it's such a connected type of game and i really really do enjoy it appreciate it and i look forward to continuing playing more so yeah um my next game which is one again that i haven't played but again i i recognize how big it is uh in the year 2020 is um, Doom Eternal. So, you know, they, they came out with Doom in 2016 and then um, and then they hit with Doom Eternal. And, you know, Doom, the, the, the Doom in 2016 was such a ramp, uh, an upwards ramp to the Dooms that they had released before 
um, because most of them, you know, in the uh, in the 90s to 2000s were really just kind of leaning towards the 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 uh, I guess what like scary side, I guess. But, you know, they they really got back to the basics with uh, with Doom in 2016 and then uh, Doom uh, Eternal. I mean, it was just basically, you know, you, you take you take what you're doing, you take what you're doing right. And then you just you times it by 10 and you just keep going. And, and that's exactly what what I feel like Doom Eternal was. And um, they've released it for pretty much every console. Um, <clears throat> I believe it's even on uh, Google Stadia, which which that's primarily where I play. But um, yeah, just a, a really awesome game for people who enjoy uh, hectic. I call the, you know, you have your strategic, uh, first person shooters, and then you got your frantic hectic first person shooters. This is kind of one of those, this is one of those where you just keep moving, keep shooting, don't stop and don't die. And that, and that's exactly what this is. So yeah. Um, <laughs> my next, uh, my next game is another one that I, I haven't had any, uh, particular interest or, or, uh, um, opportunity to play. And it's uh paper Mario origami King. And uh, I know that a lot of people had been, you know, there were there were two different, um, you know, subsets in in the Mario universe. That people were interested in revisiting one was Paper Mario and one was Mario RPG. And when this got announced, I remember, you know, there were a lot of people who were just like really just excited. And that's cool. Right. But um, from what I, from what I understood, I don't I don't think that Paper Mario hit uh, the origami, origami King hit as as hard as as most gamers wanted it to. I think there were just some things that weren't um, expected as far as what gamers were looking for. I did hear that there were there were some really good jokes and a lot of good humor in the game, but I think it missed the mark as far as like being, you know, a favorite coming out of 2020 for a lot of people. So um, hopefully they get the next one right. Um, now we're gonna move on to. Uh, one of the more current titles um, just recently releasing within the past couple of months, and that's uh, Demon Souls. So Demon Souls is is Demon Souls is, is one of the games that you know with the with the progression of the Soulsborne series and how popular they were becoming, you know, and and it goes it goes with any franchise. It really kind of makes its mark and becomes popular. You know, people say, well, man, I remember when this was back on this system and I totally think that they should remake this one to get people re-engaged in it or to allow me to visit it in a more current state. And that's what they did, like because Demon Souls was the first as far as like the Soulsborne series. And then they went on to make, you know, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, <clears throat> Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro and From Software has just been on it. Right. Um. And even though uh, Miyazaki didn't uh, see the development through on this particular game, uh, it, you know, they <clears throat> it's been, you know, from software has gone ahead and, and, you know, made an effort to, again, revisit some of the, the, the origin points of, of what made them popular. And I think that they did a really good job. Now, the, the game at current is on uh, PS5. And I think it is going to move to other systems, but I'm not certain. Um, but for what for what it is, I mean, people enjoy it. And it it's you know, it's definitely made the impact that it's that it's supposed to. I have not heard anybody say any bad things about it. I haven't heard anybody have any complaints about it. Short of the same complaints you have about any Dark Souls game, which is they're just damn hard. So um, congratulations to them for that. And hopefully you know, hopefully we can get onto the next stage, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, another game that uh, and we're coming down to the last five. Um, but um, so so here's the last five. Um, the other now every year, so, you know, some I, I think I think they I think they've gotten to the point where they skip a year now. But, you know, it used to be like every single year you always expected uh, a game in this franchise. And uh, the franchise is Assassin's Creed. And um, it's really cool because Assassin's Creed have, has, have actually been making a turn for the better within the past three uh, games. You know, they um, they were they were very uh, similar 
before Origins. You know, before Origins, you know, you really couldn't tell the others apart short of where they took place. But now the the newer type of games are are vastly different and they still are in more, <clears throat> you know, expansive and exotic locations. So like with Origins being in Egypt and Odyssey being in uh, ancient Greece, uh, Valhalla um, is is a game that, you know, is uh, about Norse mythology and, you know, about the Vikings and their conquest uh, in England. So, you know, there, there's a lot, there's still a lot of historical context that, uh, you know, people can focus on as far as like the Assassin's Creed games. Um, me personally, I'm not, you know, like I'm not into Viking lore. So I kind of took a hard pass on this game purposefully, but I, again, I can see why people enjoy it. I know that when it got announced, cause that's always the big thing about Assassin's Creed, you know, first off you find out that there's an Assassin's Creed coming. And then as a gamer, you want to know where is it going to take place? You know, like where are they going to go now? And that's always the interest. So, you know, once they, <clears throat> once they pointed out that they were going to be focusing on the Viking conquest, I mean, people were just going nuts. And from what I've heard, it's a pretty decent game. Um, you know, plays very well, looks really cool. Um, I will eventually get there, but I think, but you know, like me, I'm, I'm somebody that I'm more into like Greek mythology. So I've been playing the heck out of like Odyssey, but you know, again, I can appreciate what uh, Valhalla brought to the table and what a lot of people are enjoying right now. Um, another, uh, game that, uh, came out, uh, just recently, Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, this this is a this is a huge game to me for one reason and again i haven't played it <laughs> but um but it's huge because uh the one thing that i find that's really really big and very impactful is uh representation in video games you know i feel like when you as an individual no matter what uh race or anything you know if you can find representation within mediums that you enjoy it just makes those things uh, more engrossing and so in this, you play as Miles Morales, who is a, um, you know, Puerto Rican uh, uh, kid who has, you know, he is Spider-Man. And, you know, it's a really, really cool uh, concept as far as the story that they've told. You know, it 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 is a sub story to the actual Spider-Man game, um, but it doesn't make it any less fun. So, you know, and I've seen a lot of uh, the footage from the game. It looks it looks better than the Spider-Man game that they released on PS4. Obviously it will because it's been on, because it's on PS5, but you know, um, again, it's one of those games that, that with its, with, with its rich representation of, of American culture and its direction being a little different from what, you know, what we would normally expect in the actual Spider-Man game. I think they did a really good job and I, I can't wait to see what they do moving forward. Uh, with Spider-Man 2, which will be inevitable because um, I'm thinking that, you know, you can't go anywhere uh, short of Venom and Carnage and all of the good, you know, goodies that, that are within the comic books that, you know, fans are just clamoring for. Like, I'm super happy they did the Sinister Six, but I definitely want to see um, them do. Uh, I would love to see them visit Maximum Carnage, you know, again, get that storyline cracking again. Um Another uh, another impactful game. And, um, you know, like I, I don't want to, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to um, not mention things just because they aren't in my particular wheelhouse. But Microsoft Flight Simulator. I mean, <laughs> you know, you got to give it up to a game where people legit learn how to fly through it. So um, and I know this came out and, you know, there are a lot of individuals who, you know, like like uh, like a Gran Turismo you, you know, they really enjoy it and they put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, they, they, they put a lot of time and effort into making the game as realistic as it is. And like I said, legit people have learned how to fly because of this game. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that there's ever been anything bad I've ever heard about a flight simulator game. So again, I just give it up to Microsoft for, for staying true and making sure that, you know, they're uh, they're giving their fans 110 percent of their effort when they when they release these things. Um, my last two. Uh, this one actually is actually is actually a, a special one to me. Um, it's Story of Seasons. And the reason that I, I put Story of Seasons on my list was because 
you know, like I like farm simulators and I've enjoyed um, Stardew Valley, you know, but, you know, when when I heard of Story of Seasons, which I know that this is a franchise, it's long down the line of of Harvest Moon games. And I know there's a big story between the real Harvest Moon and this, you know, like there's a whole, you know, dialogue about it, which I won't get into. But uh, Story of Seasons came out for the the Nintendo Switch and man it's it's a charming a very charming game is it better than stardew valley probably not but it's really really good very very entertaining and i think that if you're into farming simulators relationship simulators day job simulators you should play it because it's 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 a cool one and the last game from 2020 that is very uh impactful on this year was uh, none other than Resident Evil 3. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil 3, man. This this is, look, everybody was asking for two for the longest time, and then it was the toss-up. Are they going to remake three, or are they going to remake Code Veronica? And even though I do believe Code Veronica is going to eventually happen as far as remake uh, ambitions, uh, it was inevitable that three had to get done. Uh, because, you know, three hasn't been seen in the light for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I think aside from Jill Valentine, who's one of the most popular video game characters in existence, um, people were ready to get back to the nemesis and how frantic that, you know, <laughs> that enemy was. And, you know, I, I they did a really good job with two. And, you know, I remember the dynamic with Mr. X and how he was pursuing you you know through the precinct and i kept telling myself man if they made three and it was nemesis like this dude would be so much faster so much more fierce and this would be such a nightmare and i think that they lived up to that um you know in 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 making the the remake for uh part three and again i haven't heard one person complain or say that the effort that they put in this game was uh, lackluster or bad like I haven't heard a bad thing about three now I have heard people say that it's a little bit too short I think people have beaten the game um, you know quicker than they have expected and I think the other thing is that you know when you consider that that the campaign revolves around only one character that does kind of shorten the the aspiration because you know when we go back to two it's like you're you're intertwining a story between two different protagonists you know you you had um you know claire and and leon and you know you play through their scenarios and then you kind of like i said you see how they intertwine and then they tell different portions of the same story so and you didn't really get that with uh with jill you know in in a single uh linear story but you know it's it's still entertaining so that that's that's all that really counts um so yeah that, that's my that's my top 20 as far as the games that i'm going to remember from 2020 so again you know if people ask me you know what were you playing or what did you remember or you know anything of that sort those are those are more than likely going to be the things that come out of my mouth but you know i don't want to just think about 2020 because like i said in a week's time it's going to be over going to be done and be moving on And what better way to think about moving on than to get myself prepared with what is going to be coming out in the new year of 2021? Because, you know, it's going to. Yeah, I'm still playing games that came out in 2020, but I kind of want to know what's 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 coming out. And I think I think aside from that, it's it's more of what I'm hoping because I don't really know what's going to come out in 2021. Nobody does. I mean, a lot of times they'll say that something's coming in 2021 and it'll get pushed back two years from now. You know, I mean, we've seen it happen with Cyberpunk and, you know, we see it happen with a lot of different titles. But, you know, I I compiled a little list uh, just says the same idea with my 20. But this one's not going to be as long. This is just going to be my top 10 anticipated. And again, anticipation doesn't mean that I certainly have the date now. But if, you know, with my thought on what I what I would like to see in 2021, I got 10 different games that, I, that I'm really, really hoping. So we're going to rapid fire through this one. Uh, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time remake. You know, that 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 was announced as a thing last year or, or 2020. And um, I would definitely like to see more <clears throat> of that in an eventual release. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart on PS5. Ever since I saw that with their showcase that they did online, 
I was floored. It just it it probably looked like the best PS5 game that I saw period. I don't think they showed anything better. That looked like the one game that really took advantage of what the PS5 can do uh, in the future. So yes, <laughs> um, Far Cry 6, like I'm not even a Far Cry fan, but dude, like, like the trailer for this looked so good. And this is probably going to be the one Far Cry that I actually go and pick up. And it looks like it's kind of happening during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, but I'm not sure. I don't know. But, the, you know, it looks like there's going to be a revolution going on and you're going to be choosing sides and I'm all for it. So, yes, give me some Far Cry 6. Uh, Halo Infinite. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot of going, you know, back and forth about, you know, the graphical fidelity and how it looks now and blah, blah, blah. But you guys got to remember game wasn't finished when they showed you it's not finished now it will eventually come out and when it comes out i'm pretty sure it's going to be way better than the last time you saw it i'm certain that you know with the public that we have today there are going to be people who compare and contrast what they've seen versus what you know they've been given and, and it's gonna it's gonna it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be the one game that's gonna take away a lot of the uh the a lot of the attention away from cyberpunk 2077 because i think cyberpunk 2077 is going to suffer for a long time from you know the course that it has taken to get where it is now but i think once halo comes out i think this is going to be the new you know uh it's going to be the new thing that everybody puts their attention on so but we'll see how that we'll see how that pans out um, Resident Evil eight village, um, man, looking good. You know, they, they've only really shown pre pre-rendered, um, you know, uh, videos, but I'm hoping by the next time they do release information about this, we can get some official gameplay. Cause that would be really, really cool. Plus I want to be able to try to figure out some of the plot, um, and, and some of the plot direction where it's going. Um, it, you know, it's very hard to tell at this point, you know, we look at the trailer and we see witches and we see guy, old men with guns and we see, um, <clears throat> you know, wolfmen and all kinds of stuff. And I just I, I really want to try to piece the puzzle together a little bit better so I can have a more firm understanding on what to expect when this game does release. Um, the next game is uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I'm you know, I'm more excited for what this can be for the gamers who were a fan of the original Horizon. Um, and yeah, it looked pretty dope at their showcase. And I, I'd like to see more um, Fable 4, which who doesn't like Fable? Um, I, you know, I'm hoping that with Fable 4, they return to form and get this back to, you know, that uh, that whole dynamic with, you know, good choices, bad choices, you know, and, and those being reflective um, on how people perceive you within the game and how you look, you know, as a character, because I really, really enjoyed that. Like the more dastardly I looked then you know, the sunken eyes and the horns and all that stuff, like I want them to get back to that, even if it's cartoony as hell. Like I, I, I really, really, really enjoy the way that Fable one and two were three, not so much, but get me back to one and two and, you know, we'll call it even um, Metroid Prime four. I mean, it's time, you know, it's been a long time since we got the teaser uh, splash title. Um, haven't seen anything since, but I, I think it's definitely high time that they, you know, get back to, um, you know, teasing us with some type of information or just, I mean, maybe they'll have a gameplay trailer. You, you use, I usually tell myself that when you go this long without showing a substantial amount of anything, it just means that by the next time you do show something that <clears throat> your that the, uh, release date is going to be closer than people's expectations. So I do believe that if they release, let's say this summer, they release, uh, some gameplay footage. I, I can almost guarantee they're going to say this game's coming out holiday 2021 period. If they, if they do it, if they do another to be determined or coming soon, you can forget it. You can, you can kill my interest in this. Um, Elden ring. I am super, super, super excited to see what George R. R. Martin and, uh, Miyazaki put together as a, a game. Um, this is to me, this is as big as, um, as Guillermo de Toro and, uh, Hideo Kojima with, uh, with, uh, Silent Hills. So this is another 
joint venture that I'm really enthusiastic about, you know, and I, I even though I, I think that little nuggets of information are helpful and uh, and are, you know, are really good. Um, I am I am minding the effort that they may be focusing on getting this game done right. And I am in no way uh, in a in a state of mind that I want to pressure them for any kind of information. I am totally down to wait until this game is done. I am just hoping that this game is done uh, in 2021. But, <clears throat> you know, we'll see. We'll see exactly what what happens. And then uh, finally, um, my last anticipated game of 2021 is uh, Shin Megami Tensei uh, 5, which um, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I've never played a proper Shin Megami Tensei game. I've only played the Persona series, which has become wildly more popular than their main series. But I do want to give the appreciation to their main series by investing in investing my time into uh, the fifth game. So once it drops, I will definitely be picking this up and uh, seeing what um, what I'm missing, because I know that I'm missing a lot uh, from the main series, which it's not that it's unfortunate that Persona has become bigger, but it is definitely surprising to think that Persona was a subgenre and has basically become their larger, more profitable franchise. I don't know how they're going to deal with that moving forward. So, um, you know, that is what it is. Um, and so now that we've gone through my 10 uh, most anticipated uh, titles for 2021, I want to get a little bit a little bit more wild and make up some predictions or not make up predictions, but just kind of give you my predictions uh, for 2021. So these are some these are just some off the wall um, things that I've thought of that are going to happen in 2021. And the, this is a, this is a shorter list than the first two. This is only five things. So five things that I feel like is going to happen 2021 ready, go. Um, so in 2021, the first thing I think that's going to happen is I believe that Google Stadia is going to do a massive, uh, overhaul of their system. I think they're going to do a massive overhaul of their system because they're, they're basically, going to get it on par with the current generation of systems. <clears throat> so, you know, we have our PS5, we have our Xbox One Series X, and, you know, Google Stadia came out when PS4 and PS1 were still hot. So I think that they are going to do what they have to do to get them to be comparable to the offering so that when people make that conscientious choice to say, where should I play my games that the answer will, you know, be, you know, I don't want to say always be because at this point it's really not. I think the only thing that's really giving Stadia any attention is the fact that, you know, um, Cyberpunk 2077 is playing so well on it. And as long as it continues to play well there, you know, people will believe that they have an option. But if you let people know like, hey, we're going to improve, you know, our entire ecosystem, no matter what is out there in the world, we're going to be right there on par with them, if not better. And I think that they're going to do that. So I'm excited to see that, that, that move going forward. And I definitely think it's coming. Um, number two, I think that the, I think that 2021, uh, we're going to get the announcement finally for, uh, the Nintendo switch pro. I know this has been brought up so many different times before, but I think at this point it is inevitable. Now I've said it myself, Nintendo doesn't really pay attention to power, but you know, they can't deny the, the progression of the systems around them. And here's my thing, unless you're planning your next major system, I think you should be upgrading your current system. Now, you know, <clears throat> now there's now the, the switch is still selling like crazy, still selling like crazy. And I, I do think that Nintendo can afford to, to continue selling the switches that exist. But I think that if they do, uh, you know, take on the direction of a, of a pro system, they're going to open up a whole new door for gamers who want to invest in, you know, Nintendo, but just want to do it with, you know, at, at least an edge in what's happening currently 
you know, in, in gaming, you know, they, they want to, they want to be able to say, yes, I prefer to play switch over PS five because I have the pro version, which is 4k or 8k or whatever and high res graphics and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Like you, you'll open up a door for, for more options. And I do believe that that's what they should do. And I believe that's what they are going to do. So I do think that Nintendo is going to announce some pro version of their switch. Um, I think the other thing that's going to happen, number three, is that I think we're going to get um, the announcement for uh, the Final Fantasy remake chapter two. <clears throat> and I think that the announcement will come in the summer. And I think that it will be announced for um, late uh, holiday 2021 as far as the release. I think it's going to be a Christmas thing. Um, I think and I, and I think I think that. Uh, I don't even want to get, I don't even want to go story wise. I'll do another podcast and we can talk about the story and what I think about the, the uh, chapters and how many discs they're going to release and stuff. But I do, but again, I think that they're going to release um, information based on the second chapter. And I think that it's, they're going to announce it for holiday 2021. <clears throat> um, my next number four, and this is kind of a two parter. Um, I think in 2021, we're going to get announcements for, um, our next Street Fighter, Street Fighter Six, and also uh, Injustice Three. So, and I think that Street Fighter Six is not going to be exclusive to PlayStation. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to go back to being available for every system. And Injustice Three, I believe that this is going to be based on Watchmen. I think they're still going to have it with the normal heroes, but I think the focus is going to be Watchmen. So, the, so I think those two games are going to be coming out, and I think they're going to come out at a competitive time. And it's and it's ba- we're we're basically going to uh, ramp up another argument on which you know whether Capcom or NetherRealm Studios uh, releases better fighting games. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking there. And last thing, um, I th- this is this is a really bold prediction, but this is what I feel. I I believe that Microsoft and Sony will discontinue their digital uh, only consoles. I think that there, I think that there's just too much more money to be made over the, the, um, the disc consoles, the premium, I, or, you know, you can't really call them premium consoles cause they're just the normal consoles. But I think that they're going to, I think they're going to see that they're not making as much money with the digital only consoles, because really I believe that if anybody buys a digital only console, it's not because they want it. It's because of the sake of convenience. It was there. It's in the store. It's all they had. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, when, when, you know, give it, give it maybe four or five months and they're going to start looking at numbers and they're going to see that, you know, the numbers are drastically different, um, uh, compared to their, regular systems versus the digital systems and they're just going to discontinue because it because it really doesn't make any sense to manufacture systems that aren't necessarily appealing to people that people aren't going out and purposely buying like again i think people are just going to buy them for the sake of convenience um and i think that when we i think that when i think the reaction is going to be once they start restocking in stores and and there becomes the choice I think that because I, I I honestly believe that Xboxes and um, PlayStation fives are going to stay sold out for at least the next three months. And but I think in that in the being sold out, there are going to be systems sitting on the shelves. They'll just be the digital versions. And then people are going to make that conscious choice to say, no, I'll wait for the regular one. You know, there are going to be some people that are going to buy it just on the instinct because it's there and they think that it's going to be as as applicable as the one, the, the one with the disc drive, but yeah, it, it it's going to be returned. It's going to be uh used systems. It's going to be a mess. And, and yeah, I, I really honestly think that they're going to discontinue. So what do you guys think? What's your, uh, f- what's your wild predictions for 2021? How do you think it's going to turn out uh, in the realm of video games? What are your uh, anticipated games of 2021 and what games do you, uh, think of when you think of 2020 or what are going to be the ones that you know you'll remember uh this year for uh, i'd like to hear your comments and information you guys know where to find me on twitter uh more ta podcast that's more ta podcast on twitter and we could talk about it because i really do enjoy talking to you guys you guys are always amazing um and yeah 
Yeah, that's uh, pretty much how we're going to end that. So again, I hope you guys uh, had a really good holiday. I know 2020 has been a really tough year. Um, but, you know, as, as I always like to think in, in, in positivity, we've gotten through it, we've made it, and we're going to continue to do so moving forward. So um, just keep fighting the good fight and let's just keep playing games. Um, so um, with that being said, I know that by the time you guys uh, here my next episode, it will be 2021. So right now, I just want to wish you guys a happy holidays, a happy new year, and just want everybody to do me that favor. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.